I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to the Way to Fatherhood podcast. This is your host, Brian Phillips. Thanks for joining me for this final episode. This season, of course, as I've mentioned many times, the overall focus has been on our relationship with our wives and daughters. And that's taken us into a lot of different discussions. We've talked about uh, stories for our daughters, uh, books on how to be a better father to our daughters. We've talked about the importance of the household, um, the threat that social media poses to young women, and a lot more. We even took a slight turn and talked about dads and health, how we can take better care of ourselves uh, and, and our families. And And to do that, both for the sake of ourselves and our families, right? Uh, And in this final episode, I want to tie everything up together with some concluding thoughts. This is going to be really big picture sort of stuff. Specifically, I want to talk about uh, and reflect on establishing habits for our own good. Um, Because our personal habits affect our families and our marriages. And Uh, certain parts of this episode, just as a disclaimer, um, are going to address some sensitive areas of life. And so you may want to listen uh, without the wife and kids present. Um, I don't know. um, I don't know how common that is, whether, um, whether you listen as a family or with your spouse or whatever, but you may want to uh, sort of uh, some parental guidance is suggested for this episode anyway unless you want to answer some really difficult questions. So I want to focus on three areas of, uh, of our habits in this, this final episode. And again, this is big picture stuff. A lot of what I'm going to talk about is nothing new, but consider this sort of a, um, a call to arms, uh, a, a call back to do the things that we ought to do. In fact, um, even though this, this episode is, is being titled on uh, the habits of, of manhood, uh, I actually thought about titling this episode, Where Have All the Men Gone? Uh, because I think that we have neglected the things that we know to do. And as a result, um, we have bought into lie after lie after lie uh, about what men are and what men ought to be. And so I want to call us back to these basic things. And and notice that I'm saying we. These are all things that I've reflected on over uh, the past uh, weeks and months in in putting this season together, and there are things that I've been been reflecting on in in my life as a man, my habits as a man, and and there are things that I want to just sort of uh, draw attention to for all of us in the hopes that uh, we can all benefit to be better better men, better better Christians, better men, better husbands, better fathers. Um, better church members, better neighbors, and so on. So let's talk first about our spiritual habits. Um, we, we all know the spiritual disciplines. We know what they are, at least, right? The, the spiritual disciplines of, of prayer, of fasting, of reading scripture, meditating on it. 
Um, this is something that when the, the new year comes, a lot of, a lot of people, men and women alike get really motivated We're, I'm going to read scripture every day. I'm going to pray every day. I'm going to get back to the spiritual disciplines and habits that I know I should have as a Christian. Well, why do those things fall by the wayside, right? We need to return back to this and, and, uh, make this a part of our lives, even if it's just a little bit at a time. I would encourage you to start small, right? If you start small, then it's going to be easier to establish a habit daily um, and to make it uh, a part of your life in a long-term sense, not just a New Year's resolution that'll last maybe a week and a half. I think the average is a week and a half to two weeks for a New Year's resolution to stick which means that they're not sticking at all, right? So start small. I know that we all love the idea of reading through the Bible in a year. Sure, that's a wonderful goal. We should shoot for that. We should aim for that. But if the if the choices, and this is a false dilemma, I grant this, but if your choices are either vigorously trying to read through the Bible in a year and it lasts you a week and a half, you get somewhere in like Leviticus and quit, then it would be better for you to read a chapter a day, right? And actually reflect upon it and prayerfully meditate upon it um, than, than to, to do nothing essentially for the year, okay? And so think about this, right? It's not an all or nothing dilemma, but if you find yourself continually falling out of the discipline of reading scripture and meditating on scripture, then start small, read a chapter a day um, and, and think about it and pray about it. Uh, if daily prayer is a, is a spiritual discipline that you're struggling with, then again, start small, pray the Lord's prayer, right? Um, every day, um, build those habits to where it might even be, you know, 30 second prayers, and yes, I realize how pathetic that sounds as, as Christians, are we really at that point? And yes, sometimes, sometimes we are, right? And if that's the case, then start small, build that habit and ingrain it in your mind and your patterns of life. Um, and, and if you do that, then yes, you can expand on it, right? It, it's kind of like a, a person who decides, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get in shape, so I'm going to start by running a marathon, no, you need to start by being able to run a quarter of a mile without feeling like you're going to pass out. Okay. So you have to build these things. And if you're at the point to where your spiritual habits and your spiritual disciplines are just non-existent, then it'd be better for you to start small than to do nothing at all. That's what I'm saying. Fasting is the same. Um, this is a, a spiritual discipline that has really fallen by the wayside for many Christians depending on your traditions uh, or the tradition that you're a part of. Uh, this may be more or less a part of your, uh, your spiritual disciplines, but uh, go back to that. It's a way of tying together the spiritual and the physical and helping us remember that they're not, you can't separate the two. Our spiritual habits and our physical habits are connected. Um, make corporate worship a priority. Um, establish your, your personal and your family habits around the Lord's day and around the church calendar. So what is it that determines your family's time, the way that you spend your time, right? Where are your priorities? How high of a priority is corporate worship being uh, gathering with the saints on the Lord's day? How high a priority is that? Let me phrase it another way. Let me put the question this way. 
Um, what would it take for you to actually miss worship? And remember, Scripture tells us in Hebrews 12 that when we, when we gather together on the Lord's Day with, with the saints, it's not just in your town. It's not just in your sanctuary or at your church. Um, you're ascending by faith into the very heavenly Jerusalem before the throne of God with the heavenly hosts and the innumerable saints and angels gone before. We're, that's where you're going if you're bored with that, then you really need to come back and re-examine your priorities, right? What does it take for you to actually miss church? That's an important question for us to reflect on. What does it take for you to miss gathering before the throne of God and with the saints and angels gone before in the heavenly Jerusalem? How easily do you dismiss that, right? Men, in particular, we need to get back to the habit of actually singing in church, right? It used to be, and I'm not, I know it sounds like I'm 80 years old when I say things like this, but it used to be just a fact of corporate worship that the men sang and men now mumble through the words, you know, and, and don't take this seriously, but sing, belt it out. Your kids need to see this. Your wife needs to see this. And you go, well, I don't really have the kind of voice that's going to benefit my wife and children. Well, part of the reason we don't is that we don't practice. And what better way to practice than to do it when you're commanded to do it, which is every single Lord's Day. So sing, work at it, enjoy it. Um, I guarantee you that there are men who sing in the car that don't sing at church or sing in the shower, but don't sing at church. Is that, is that really a legitimate way of, of, of approaching this? I mean, we're commanded to sing. So make this a part of your, your Lord's day priority as well. Um, lead by example of in your spiritual habits, lead by example in your home around the table and in your daily life, read scripture to your family, pray with them um, around meals when you, when you go to bed at night. Um, if you want to make prayer a personal habit, make it a family habit, right? Model this for your family. We know all of this. None of this is new. I'm just calling us back to basics. And there's a reason why the most frequently repeated command in all of scripture is to remember because we are forgetful people. None of you is hearing this right now and going, wow, Brian, that's really profound. I had no idea that I, that I should probably read scripture. I had no idea that I should pray. I had no idea that I should go to worship. These are, these are not novel or super profound concepts, but I'm calling us back to this because as men, as husbands, as fathers, we need to lead by example in even the most basic of things and establish these spiritual habits for ourselves and our families. Second, the mental habits. In this uh, podcast, uh, last season, this season alike, I've spent a lot of time giving uh, a lot of time giving book recommendations. In fact, you might feel a little bit overwhelmed. You know that, that I'm always going to mention more and more books we could read, and so on. This is not because. Um, reading is the most important thing that you can do as a human being. It's not. You talk to a lot of classical educators and you would get that idea. It's not. However, reading sharpens the mind. It teaches us. It helps us to engage things that we wouldn't normally engage. And it can make us better people. 
Um, it can help us to learn things that we didn't know before, how to do things that we didn't know how to do before, and so on. So reading has intellectual, mental, and practical benefit to it. So make it a part of, of your, your daily habits. And again, start small, right? All of us have this tendency to look at the, the stack of books or the list of books that we would like to read or we feel like we have to read and think, man, I'm never going to get through this. Oh, that's true, right? Um, most of us are going to die long before we ever get through our reading list, okay? Come to terms with it. There it is, bottom line. And so what do you do about it? Well, you read. You're never going to get through it all. That's okay. You realize that. New books are, all, are being written all the time. And a lot of them, are, are wonderful. That's not to mention the fact that even the classics that we really ought to read, we're not, we're not going to get through all those either, right? So what do you do? Well, a lot of people, you end up frozen, right? Oh, there's all this stuff that I want to read, and but we don't read. So make it a habit, make it a goal to read a book of personal benefit, right? Whether it's one of the classics or whether it's something that has you know that you you want to read. Maybe it's one of the books that I've mentioned about uh, being a father or a husband um, or about personal habits, whatever it is. Read 10 minutes a day. Start there. Read 10 minutes a day. I'm not talking about your, your scripture reading. I'm talking about in addition to that. Read for 10 minutes. Um, that way you're making some progress and it's giving you something to think about, something to reflect upon and meditate upon. And also with our mental habits, another side of this is, uh, let's just face facts. The screens are a real distraction, right? Many of us don't read enough because we're glued to our screens. Now, for some of you, you might be reading on a screen, on a Kindle or your laptop or whatever. I guess I'm a little more old school. I can't really seem to do that well. I don't like reading on a Kindle or um, on a, certainly not on a phone or even a computer, um, but control your screens. And let's look at this in another way too, because we're talking about this under the umbrella of our mental habits. Um, if you're spending too much time watching TV, watching movies, um, messing with your phone on social media, whatever, be honest about it. Put the, most of our phones now have that screen time notification, the tracker that tells you how much time daily you've been spending in front of your phone. Keep that notification on and keep track of it. How is it trending? Are you, how much time are you spending on your phone? Do you find yourself checking email, checking text messages, checking social media just sort of obsessively? We've all been there, okay? Or at least the vast majority of us have been there. And we need to break those habits, okay? Whether it's excessive TV watching, excessive um, movies because they're accessible all the time, right? They never really leave us. We've got our own personal entertainment system in our pocket all the time. Be careful about how much time, be mindful of how much time and energy you're putting into that. And what is it distracting you from? How could you be using that time? Um, and this is where I'm going to talk about a sensitive subject um, because uh, I'm talking to men, talking to husbands and fathers um, and as a pastor, this is, uh, this is something that, that concerns me for, for men in general. Um, and that is control your screens as far as the sorts of things and the content that you're exposing yourself to, right? Um, and to be very direct, uh, it used to be that if a man was going to look at sexually explicit stuff, pornography, 
Um, he had to risk exposure by going to some adult bookstore or going to some theater that showed sexually explicit material. Now you have it at your fingertips if you want to, right? It's, and it is a, a spiritual, spiritually destructive, mentally destructive. Um, it's destructive to our families. It's destructive to our marriages. And so when I talk about controlling screens, yes, I'm talking about how much time we spend in front of them, but also what we're doing on those screens. Pornography is linked with our spiritual habits, of course. It has terrible side effects on our marriages. It has terrible side effects for our children. And by the way, I would say that there's even a covenantal bond there that um, our, our children need to see that we're pursuing purity and that we're pursuing a life of spiritual discipline and godliness. And so um, if you need to get an accountability partner, filtering software, whatever it is, get control of your screens. And it could be uh, on, you know, worst case scenario that you're, that you're viewing pornography and that's a sin that needs to be confessed and put to death by the grace of God and by establishing godly habits and accountability. But it could be that you're spending so much time on social media that it's becoming a distraction in your own mental habits. And instead of cultivating habits of a strong and pure mind, we're just wasting time and energy. And so be aware of this. So our spiritual habits, our mental habits, and now finally our physical habits. This is something that uh, Dr. Jeff Rose uh, talked talked about in uh, the episode earlier in this season. Um, but I want to point out that our physical habits are linked to our mental and spiritual habits, right? Um, so give thought to what you eat, what you drink, how much of both of those, right? Um, give thought to how sedentary you're being in your life. Am I just sitting around? Am I being lazy? Are there things that I could be doing? Could I be outside? Could I go for a walk with the kids? Um, could, I, could I do a project around the house or in the yard with the kids? Something that I can teach my sons, something that I can teach my daughter, something that we can at least do together, right? Um, are, you, are you active or are you just sort of sitting your life away? Um, habits of exercise. We all know this. Again, this is basic stuff. This is just life 101, right? We know that if we're going to be healthy, if we're going to have energy, if we're going to, um, if, if we're going to have uh, a better habits of being positive, um, being, being joyful sorts of people, happy people, feeling good, then you're going to need to be careful about what you eat and about exercising, about your physical habits, getting enough sleep and so on. And so what are the habits that you have now? And then what are the ones that need to change? So it, take a look at it. What, am, what are my eating habits? How could they improve, right? What are my physical habits, uh, whether it's sedentary time or exercise? And then how do they need to change? How can they improve? Examine these things, right? Think about these things and then create a plan, right? You can't just expect, well, I'm not doing all these things that I should do. All right. No, you have to make a plan. Being aware of the problem is a first step, but then what, right? Then what? Are you going to go from being completely sedentary and you want to 
You want to be healthier? Okay, well, make a plan as to what you're going to eat. Is there something that you're going to cut out? Is there, are, um, are there things that you need to introduce into your diet? Um, are, is there more moderation needed in what you eat and what you drink? Um, it, are you going from being sedentary to wanting to get into shape? Well, if so, where do you start, right? You don't start with the goal of running a marathon. You start by, I'm going to 30 minutes, three times a week, I'm going to go for a walk, right? Um, so start uh, by enacting a plan um, based on where you are now. What are my physical habits? Where do I want to be? And what can I do today? What can I do this week to get me further down that road, right? So examine those. And all of these habits, our spiritual habits, our mental habits, our physical habits, there are things that we know, but we fall into habits of, of disobedience, of laziness. We take the path of least resistance. And we have to understand, and this is a big statement here, but we have to understand that being a good man, being a good father, being a good husband requires first being a good man. The problem is we're not on our own. And so if we're going to be what we ought to be as men, as husbands, as fathers, we have to lean upon Christ and, and we have to pray that he will give us the discipline and the strength needed to establish habits of obedience and habits of, of, um, of growth and health. Um, and, and we need his strength to do that. And so this is all ultimately a matter of prayer. But now I want to close with, uh, I want to end this podcast with reading a passage from one of my favorite speeches of all time. And that's from Theodore Roosevelt. It's a speech called The Strenuous Life. And it was uh, delivered to the Hamilton Club in Chicago in, on April 10th, 1899. I want you to listen to what he, what he said to them. This is a um, a man who, if you don't know much about Teddy Roosevelt, he was larger than life, right? He is, he really is a model of uh, a balanced man and some, someone that I think we can all kind of look up to. Um, and I want to close here with just reading a, a passage at some length uh, about the strenuous life, which is what I'm trying to describe in this episode. He said, I wish to preach not the doctrine of ignoble ease, but the doctrine of the strenuous life, the life of toil and effort, of labor and strife, to preach that highest form of success, which comes not to the man who desire to, excuse me, who desires mere easy peace, but to the man who does not shrink from danger, from hardship, or from bitter toil, and who out of these wins the splendid ultimate triumph. A life of slothful ease, a life that of that peace which springs merely from lack either of desire or of power to strive after great things, is as little worthy of a nation as of an individual. I ask only that what every self-respecting American demands from himself and from his sons shall be demanded of the American nation as a whole. Who among you would teach your boys that ease, that peace, is to be first consideration in their eyes? to be the ultimate goal after which they strive. And he goes on shortly afterwards to say, we do not admire the man of timid peace. We admire the man who embodies victorious effort, the man who never wrongs his neighbor, 
who is prompt to help a friend, but who has those virile qualities necessary to win in the stern strife of actual life. It is hard to fail, but it's worse never to have tried to succeed. In the last analysis, a healthy state can exist only when the men and women who make it up lead clean, vigorous, healthy lives. When the children are so trained that they shall endeavor not to shirk difficulties, but to overcome them. Not to seek ease, but to know how to wrest triumph from toil and risk. The man must be glad to do a man's work, to dare and endure and to labor, to keep himself and to keep those dependent upon him. End quote. That's the life that we need to strive for as men, husbands, and fathers. This is your host, Brian Phillips. Thanks for tuning in this season to the Way to Fatherhood podcast. Until next time, bye-bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.